Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. What? What? So what do you do? This is the title of this segment, and I just love it. And we're going to learn about a, a company that I knew nothing about. That's the whole premise here. And we get a chance to find out exactly what it is that they do. Well, here we go. Reaching young people and trying to change their lives through valuable relationships. This is what they do. That's part of the vision statement for One to One Connect. That's the name of the company we're talking about tonight. They are making plenty of inroads all across the Twin Cities, and they have a big event coming up at Target Field on the 11th of this month. Their executive director, Stefan Van Horst, is joining us. Hey, Stefan, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I think I pronounced it wrong, but it's Stefan, correct? Yeah, Stefan Van Vorst. It's two V's. So. Oh, yeah. Van Vorst. I apologize. Yeah. We misspelled it. So, so are, you the, are you the founder of this? Are you the one that started it? I am. Yeah, I founded it about 10 years ago. Uh, yeah, which is crazy to, to say. <laughs> doesn't feel like 10 years, doesn't it? No, it does not. It does not at all. That means you're doing something worthwhile. When when you don't feel how bad that is or how ridiculous it sounds, it's pretty special. So here we are. When I went through your entire website, um, I kept asking myself, where did he find these young people, first of all, uh, to do this one-to-one connect? Because uh, that's got to be the, the, the crust of it all. If you don't have the right people doing what you do, you wouldn't have been here for 10 years. Yeah. Uh, well, we, we built most of our programs originally inside schools and um, worked with colleges as well, young people within local colleges. And it really is all rooted in the belief that for a young person to thrive, it's inherently connected to their sense of belonging. And so what we do then is going into spaces and say, okay, who, who, who's excluded here? Who, aren't, who isn't included? And how do we engage them in meaningful ways? Um, and put adults in their life that are curious about them. Was it difficult to find adults that were curious about them? Young people today, um, particularly between the ages of 18 and 23, uh, they have a hard yeah. time trying to get those, <laughs> you know, those that will support them or at least want to get to know them. It's tough. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, it's yes and no. Um, I think p- part of it is is we, we've experienced so many young people who, don't have a lot of relationships in their life. And mm-hmm. so someone who wants to spend time with them, that, that immediately is, I'm interested. Um, but the other part of it is, I think there's uh, something around, you know, the, the younger generation where they're, they're understanding their experience in a unique way. 
And so getting somebody closer to their age that might be a little older who wants to understand that experience as well um, is, is powerful. And what, what we did that uh, wasn't intentional from the beginning, but a lot of those 18 to 25-year-olds were going into career areas such as teaching, law enforcement, um, counseling. And so they were kind of on professional tracks to uh, work with young people in different institutions and professional settings. And so it became an opportunity for them to really learn and understand what's the experience of a young person like today in their community, in their school, in their home, and how do, how do I create meaning to that in a way that can build healthy relationships with them, both on a personal level, but also as I prepare, prepare for a professional role. Does social media help you find the young people or does it help you inspire young people? Because what I do know, the last decade has really been painful for young people between the ages of, I would say, 14 and up. Um, it's, yeah. it's remarkable how many people they lost in their lives, even those that they used to have as friends in elementary school. All of a sudden, they're separated. And on social media, you, you have all these so-called friends and they're not your friend. So did yeah. you have a sense of how social media um, interacted with those young people that are now part of one to one, one to one connect. Yeah. So did you know about that? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, we, we've done a lot of kind of research behind um, just what's going on in general with young people in their relational world. And the reality is, is exactly as you said, of the last, you know, five uh, to 10 years, there's been a lot more isolation has happened. So kids becoming a lot more disconnected and, what what you know the researchers are asking is what's the cause for this what are some of the causes and the the reality is there's just a ton of correlation that you see as technology and social media increases you see more disconnection among youth and so um whether you can connect it to causation i <laughs> i kind of assume it is but the reality is it's very correlated and so we we've done much more like really stayed committed to in-person, face-to-face, that's how we're going to build a relationship. So someone can see me smile at their comments. You know, someone can right. uh, see my curiosity about the story they're sharing. Um, that's been really important to us, and we've, we've held to that. What have you learned in the 10 years about building relationships? Because it has been redefined quite often. Yeah. Well, you know, a lot of people have put the word mentoring on what we do. And we, from the very beginning, it didn't sit well with us. And part of the reason was because mentoring comes with this idea of, in my, the, the image it, it kind of forms in my mind is you have a service recipient and a service provider, you know, and we've never seen a kid as a problem to be solved. We're actually far more curious about that young person. And as we put relationships together, especially one-on-one, it, across the board, it was far more mutual than a lot of our language um, would, you know, would be able to describe it. And so that mutuality has been key um, because it, it ends up being a much more, much more around a friendship than somebody who has the answers giving them to somebody who needs the answers. That's not our experience. 
Um, your mission, of course, we believe in intentional relationships, create change, and build communities. Um, when I looked at your list of staff members, to me, that that answers that question. You really went deep, um, looking for people from all walks of life, um, different um, people. It's a diverse group of staff. Um, and, of yeah. course, the young people are, too. What are you hearing when you put them together, when you put the coordinators out there with the, with the young people? Um, are they building these relationships and expanding them? Oh, for sure. And, I, you know, I, I think, um, you know, I'm, I'm a white male that started this organization. And, and the reality is, is that, I, we're not serving kids that look like me. And um, we've been very intentional about saying we, we have to think about um, how to build trust, how, to, how do we understand um, the young people that we feel called to serve. And that's where the staff, the coordinators are crucial because, um, you know, there, there's very few spaces. We did a bunch of experiences this summer um, with young people coming together to talk about safety in their community. And it was all facilitated by our staff. And there was, um, if, if anything, maybe one, you know, white person in the room. And what came up over and over again is how few spaces they have to talk about these things with each other and people that look like them. And so th- this has been a crucial thing for us that we are uh, very committed to and believe in, that we need more spaces for young people to come together and that diversity um, is key. It's key to it. How difficult was it for you to pull together a board of directors uh, for something so unique as one-to-one? Yeah, it's, it's challenging. And, you know, in the beginning, uh, to be honest, it was just, you know, it was a, it was my friends <laughs> because, yeah. you know, it's an idea that you have to kind of sell people on. Um, but now it's, it's, it's growing and changing, but also we're changing as an organization. So even, you know, kind of what roles we need in the organization to help us move forward and move into the future, um, that's also shifting. And so it's a constant, you know, I I think a constant working towards trying to engage people um, who want to help, want to support, but also have a unique perspective that we can learn from that helps us form who we are and how to best serve the community. When I read your list of board members, I knew exactly. I mean, it, it kind of spoke to where you're going next um, yeah. because of the people that are on your board. Do you think the board will grow? Will you keep those um, six for now and then you be the seventh one uh, to vote? Or are you looking at making it even a smaller board? No, I would say we want to grow. Yeah, we, we yeah. want to grow um, because we're just moving into um, several different areas that we need more expertise, but uh, but also what I would say is we want to grow and get younger people involved at that leadership level, um, because right now it, it's the young people themselves that are really informing our future and our way forward, and so we want to make sure that um, they the role you know there's opportunities for them to play roles where they have that authority. Um, as much as kind of the influence that they already carry with the direction of the organization. Right. Um, Here you are 10 years in, and I can only imagine what the pandemic has done for you and these incredible young people. Has it been difficult for them to hold on to those relationships during the COVID time? Yeah, it's real difficult. And and I think it's difficult across the board for everybody. Um, But it's just, I, I think one of the things that we've noticed is I don't know that young people are, 
have been able to find some of the words even around how they're feeling. And so this is where it really takes, you know, people who can sit and listen and ask questions to really interpret what's going on inside them. And uh, I, I think that the pandemic has had way more of an impact on young people than uh, what we're aware of, especially when it comes to stress and anxiety and kind of just this constant uh, loneliness. Hype. Yeah, exactly. And heightened sense of, of kind of vigilance um, because, you know, uh, the, the world has changed. And so finding safe places uh, is, is challenging <laughs> yeah. for, for young people. So is that where the change makers come in uh, to view where they're desperately needed during this time? Yeah. Yeah. And they, 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 you know, for us, it was about an investment in young people and young leaderships, uh, young, young leaders. Um, but it was also uh, about, um, we, you know, even though the staff is diverse, we, we're a little older, you know? <laughs> and so right. how, do you, how do you get more connected to what's going on in the community? And so those, those change makers with their networks, their friends, um, they really became kind of the, the way to engage the community in deeper ways um, mm-hmm. that has been profound, really profound. We've met some incredible people this year. You know, you have about four or five um, change makers, and I'm just wondering, are you going to add to that? Uh, because as you grow, of course, the change makers are integral to the success of one to one. Yes, yes, yeah. We'd like to. That's why we're doing a fundraiser. Of course. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's the whole, Tell your you know? truth, sir. Tell your truth. Yeah, and yeah. this is happening at Target Field. Tell us all about it. Yeah, so um, we, we've done annual fundraisers for a year, and they're usually usually these luncheons, and they're great, and they're really fun. Um, we couldn't do one last year because of COVID, and so we're doing one this year at Target Field. On the, uh, it's the Truly on Deck space. It's a beautiful space at Target Field, um, mm-hmm. and it's at night on the 11th, Thursday, November 11th, from 6 to 10, and it's going to be uh, stories, videos, images, and um, some art, uh, just a, a bunch of stuff that we, we want to try to s- tell the story of what we heard from young people this summer, especially in the, the things that they talked about when it came to how they see their community and how they understand a safe community. Um, we have a bit of a critique in that the conversation, especially in Minneapolis around safety and public safety, um, just isn't including, including the young people who are most impacted by what's going on. And so uh, we really worked to say, let's focus there and learn and see. And so that's the stuff we're going to get out and be able to share in creative ways so that people can hear, hey, here's what's going on. Here's how a young person is experiencing uh, our community right now and what they want to see change. Here in Minnesota, um, we are givers. You know, it's just so beautiful how many people give here. Um, and yeah. so I really wish you will with this. You've established yourself for a decade. That's incredible. And, of course, the young people that are coming in and out of that um, organization one-to-one, I can just imagine what they're telling other people. Do you hold on to all of the students, uh, all of the young people that you started 10 years? Are they still a part of this? And then you keep adding on? No, it's it's hard because of... You know, communications, we work with a, uh, you know, with a lot of young folks who, you know, they're moving, changing schools. And so it's, it's challenging to do that. What we've found, though, is 
often we get surprised that all of a sudden we, you know, somebody pops up and they're still meeting with um, the, the college student that they had connected with, you know, eight years ago. Uh, it happens more often than what we even thought. And it's really incredible and, and inspiring because um, a lot of these relationships, I think, especially as they get older, you realize what you have. We're in the moment, you know, most of our life we, we understand in retrospect. <laughs> so right. uh, you see that happening with young people where they look back and they go, oh, wow, I had that. And this, right. this is how it, you know, formed me. I'm so glad that you mentioned that because they can reach, you know, forward for that person. But at the same time, you know, people change. You know, we are different iterations of ourselves as we get older. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And so I can imagine the job of choosing has got to be one of your greatest feats. So I wish you well with this. And I see that if people want to donate, all you have to do is go to one to one. Again, that's O-N-E, the number two, O-N-E, connect.org slash donate and give to this organization if you feel that it is best to do so. Your heart says yes. And I tell you, um, Stefan, it's not easy what you do, but you're sticking and staying with it. And uh, with that said, thank you. Thank you very much for reaching out. I wish you well. Excellent. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.